Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And here we are. Oh my goodness. We're at the end of March. I cannot believe this. And we have another special guest. We're going to talk to Letty Yanez today. Letty, uh, she serves as the assistant city manager at the city of Wiley, Texas. She's also a former HR Southwest conference director back in 2015, which sounds like forever ago. Letty, hey, how you doing? Good to have you on the show. Glad to be here. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my gosh. I was sitting, we were talking uh, before we queued up and I was like, I was trying to think of the last time I saw you. It just seems like, you know, it's been forever. We see each other on social, but uh, we go way back. We go back to our Dallas HR days and I'm so excited to have you on the show and just to share your story. I know you recently um, got a promotion uh, as serving as the assistant city uh, city manager. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk leadership. We're going to talk about volunteer leadership and a whole lot more. So, hey, before we get started, I would love for you to share the city of Wiley. How do you serve your customers? Yeah, so we, um, Wiley is an entity that's in Collin County Municipal Government. So we provide services to our citizens that we don't make a product. We service either, you know, trash, police, fire, and we don't have any competition because the citizens we serve have to get the services from us. So going back to your question, you know, how do I serve um, them and how do I serve as a leader is just making sure that we take care of all the people we need to take care of to offer um, the best premier service that we can to citizens, to each other, to city and council, uh, everywhere. I mean, we, we talk about service all day long. We talk about leadership all day long because it's just so important what we do here in our organization. That's fantastic. And I'm, we're going to definitely get into more of this because I, uh, I want to dive into some different uh, different topics. But before we do, share the Letty Yanez story. Like, where did you grow up and how in the world yeah. did you get into HR and leadership? Sure. So I grew up from, I grew up in Dallas and um, it's funny. I, I, I say that, I say that with pride because when you meet people like recently we were vacationing and we met people and they'd say, Oh, I'm from Dallas, but really I'm from Rockwall. I'm really from Frisco. I'm really from, but me, I am a native Dallas, Texas, born and raised, you know, lived in the area my whole life. So I went to Dallas public schools. Um, I went, graduated from Brian Adams high school, Brian mm -hmm. Adams Cougar. My parents still, we still have my parents' house that they moved in in 1979. So um, it's kind of neat that I can still go there and remember that neighborhood. It's, it's, still, it's changed a lot. Um, but I also went to school. I continued my education here. I went to SMU in Dallas. So I'm also an SMU Mustang pony up. Then worked at a couple different places, lived to the, then I moved to the suburbs of Dallas um, but worked a lot in various locations, um, but then finally got my footing in HR um, probably in 2003. But it's funny, I started working in HR way before that, because when I went to SMU, I worked in their HR office. Not many people know that. <laughs> I um, love that. I love when we yeah. share fun facts on the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, and at SMU too, it's, it's a lot of the people don't know this too. My plan, my career path was going to be way different. Um, I actually was a communications major. I was with focus in cinema. So I wanted to do something, not be, you know, an actor or director. I wanted to be the person that worked on a screen set, like a movie set. I didn't know what specific task I wanted, but that's the world that I wanted to be. And I loved it. 
Um, and then something changed along the way in my senior year. I just decided, no, I want to graduate. I want to do something else. <laughs> so I need to get out of school. <laughs> I need to just get out of school. And, you know, and um, I had a daughter right after that. And I don't know if you know this, Bruce, but I was a single mom for like her first 13 years. When I started thinking about jobs, I graduated, so I graduated from SMU, started thinking about jobs. Getting a job was easy um, because I had a college degree and it said SMU on it. So that was really nice. So getting mm-hmm. a job was easy, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I just started thinking about where was I happiest? Even in, you know, I was, you know, 22, 23, 24 at the time. Where was I happiest? What job did I like? And I remembered my work study job at the SMU um, HR office. I worked in the employment desk and I worked in the benefits office. Now, granted, it was work study. So I answered phone calls and did a lot of filing, but I also did some frontline customer service and I just really liked helping people. So then I started to look at HR jobs more seriously at that point. Um, And I worked at UTD for a while. I worked at a staffing firm. Um, This was also early 2000s. So that's when you heard a lot of dot-com. So I worked at techskills.com for a while um, as an office manager. And then I got my first what I consider my first grown-up job um, with the municipality that I lived in, which was great because I wanted to have a shorter commute. I was commuting from Mesquite all the way to Addison every day um, during the first couple of years of my daughter's life. And that was fine and dandy until she started school. And then I just wanted to work closer to home. So I got a job. I love that. There is so much here. Now, first of all, where did that come from? You wanted to work on a movie set. Like, did you just like... You saw that and you're like, hey, that'd be cool to work on. Or did you have some like experience there? No, I just, I thought it was cool. So I have one vice and it's silly, but I love celebrity gossip. I love movies. I love cinema. I love the making of movies. Like I'm the kind of person that I don't care if I know the end of the movie, it's the getting there. That's the fun to me. It's the, you know, the the aesthetics of it. I just love that piece of it. Um, So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be around movie stars and work on a movie set. (laughs) You know, that's great because we, uh, we're, we're, we're taping in, in March of 2023 and the Oscars just yes. came on like last night. Uh, so I'm sure you were watching Oscars like I you, was. that, like that really drives you. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, I do want to stop and pause for a second because I, I think there's probably some people listening that heard this. They're like, huh, maybe I need to really think through this, but you said, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I just thought about what were my happiest moments. Mm -hmm. And because there's so many people I talk to that are in transition, or maybe they're not even in transition. They're just working at a job where they're just not being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, and I'll meet someone for coffee and they're like, I'm just, I want to do something different. I'm like, what do you want to do? And they're like, I just don't know. But you said, I thought about the happiest times. I would love for you to just kind of like expand on that. Like, okay. So you said, I thought about what made me happy. You were in this, it wasn't a full HR job, but you saw some moments where you're like, I love this. Talk about that. You know, and again, my experience is very limited. I realized that I worked at Subway in high school. I worked as a cashier at a grocery store. Um, I worked at a blockbuster when those things existed. Blockbuster. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. But I thought about, Um, I knew that I liked helping people, but I thought about what was my interaction with helping people. Like at Blockbuster, it's transactional, right? You just give them the movie, scan them, check them out. But I thought about what what service was I providing where I felt like it made me feel good. And I remember the employment office at SMU um, when I would call employees and just tell them they were going to get an interview. Mm. That person on the other end of the line was ecstatic. I mean, they 
out of all the people that apply, theirs was getting seen and they were going to get an interview. And that made me feel good. We didn't get to do it often, but sometimes we even got to call them to tell them they got the job. And, you know, as a student, that's typically not what our role is. It's usually HR manager's job, but we got to do that sometimes or leave messages. And I just thought, wow, I, I, that's where I felt really comfortable doing. Um, what was also important to me is I wanted a, a job and a career where I could see a career path. Like it had mm. to be very visual. And in HR, it is very visual. You have your frontline people um, that do all the important day-to-day work that you know any organization couldn't survive without them, um, that do all the transactional. But then you have the people behind the scenes in their offices doing the transformational. You know, They were setting policies or they were creating uh, goals or they were making those big decisions. And you can see that hierarchy structure in most HR organizations. So that was important to me because I wanted to be able to see, okay, after I do this, what's the next job and what's the next job? And I got to see it all the way to the top. There was one summer at SMU where I actually worked directly under the um, HR director there. It was over, then it was called um, Operational Organization and Risk. And then I I was just sitting next to his office and he, I was filing, right? But I was listening to his conversations and what he was talking about. And a lot of it was just stuff I didn't know, but it just sounded really important. I was like, this is where I want to, you know, again, oh going God. back to where, what makes me happy. That's how I started to I love that. I work in HR. <laughs> I love that so much. I, you know what, if you're listening right now, you need to be taking like some notes here. I love everything you talked about. I loved how you talked about the interaction, what really like makes that happy for you. But you also talked about seeing that career path. And I think that's a one thing that a lot of people, they can't quite see that. So therefore it's like, ah, I don't really know if I want to do this because I don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing that. I know there's somebody listening that's that's going to help them. Hey, I, I do want to ask you this, and I like to ask around purpose, uh, because a lot of times we get in these jobs and then we decide at one point, okay, this is what I thought it was going to be. I talk about find your lane. I wrote the book, find your lane, right? Um, and and how did, like, was there a moment when you said, you know what? I found my lane. I love what I do. Yeah, for sure. So when I got my job in municipal government, and a lot of people don't think about a job in municipal government, I wish more people would. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. But that's when I figured out I found my lane, so to speak, because again, working in municipality, you don't offer you don't offer anything tangible. You offer service. Mm. Um, and everyone's going to have to talk to somebody at their you know, local municipality at some point, either when they want to turn their water on, when they want to call 911, when they want, when they need um, to pay a traffic ticket. I mean, there's always going to be that interaction. And so when I worked in the HR department there, I started out as an analyst. That's typically the entry level for um, those fresh out of college um, is an HR analyst position. And one of my jobs was making sure I communicated to all the employees what their benefits were, right? And you think, well, how is that important? How does that service? Well, it was important because that's the majority of the reason why people came to work for our city because our benefits were generous. But also too, it was that one thing that they didn't have to worry about for their family. So if that was taken care of for them, then they could go out and you know answer 911 calls or put out fires or, or keep people safe on the road if that piece was taken care of. Um, and then if they got injured on the job, then they would you know, have to come back to us and talk to us. And I'm getting to my point. So my purpose was, if I take care of our people, like our organizational people, our employees, then it allows them to go do their job. 
So mm. it was like a, a greater purpose almost, you know, right? That if I took care of them here, then it alleviated that stress for them, for their for their families. Um, not to mention, we were also the department that paid them. That was their livelihood. Um, you know, we developed them so that they could go on and offer the services to other people. I love that purpose. I love everything about that. As a matter of fact, I saw something on LinkedIn this morning. Somebody had posted, you don't build a business, you build people to help build your business. And what you're saying is, hey, I'm here to serve our people so they can serve others in our community at the end of the day. And that just feels good, doesn't it? Just to be part of, it makes you like you're part, like feels like you're part of something bigger than a job. That's when it really feels like a career, right? Right. And then when I, um, again, going back to finding my purpose, it was interesting because then I would go out and just be the everyday Joe citizen. But I, when I would see a fireman or a police officer, you know, I knew uh, being in HR, I knew what they did. I knew if I, sometimes I onboarded them on or you know, <laughs> had some interaction with them. So there were people in my community that I was seeing that, you know, they would say, oh, hey, you know, they would remember me and hey, thanks for uh, helping me with that, you know, the last time, or it would trigger them. Oh, I just saw you. I need to remember to do this when I get back. To the <laughs> and that was fine too. But so I say all that because I'm about to enter in, this is my 20th year working in municipal government. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I plan to retire from here. I'm not going anywhere, Oh, that's awesome. but it, it's one of those things that I just wish more people would look in their backyard and, you know, go to their city's website and look out of career opportunities there because there's so many. That is fantastic. Well, let me ask you this. You have like you didn't start where you are today. You've it's taken you 20 years yeah. to get to where you are now. Were there some people that have helped you on your journey? And if there were, could you share maybe some of the things that were so helpful to you? I, it's funny you say that because I thought about that just recently too. Because again, I'm getting kind of nostalgic because I'm going into my 20th year. But I remember on my first job, maybe it was, no, I'm not going to say it was immediate, but maybe my second or third year in, I thought, okay, I know that, I, yeah, I'm an analyst and I don't know when I'm going to get promoted, but when I get promoted, what do I want to do next? What job do I want? Or what is my, I, I needed to decide what my ultimate goal was. And I knew I wanted to be an HR director. Hmm. So I started looking at what my boss did and, you know, he volunteered. He was a part of a lot of organizations in the Metroplex. He did. It's funny because he did professional development volunteer, like he worked in this professional development organization, but he also did volunteer just to give back to the community. So he volunteered like on a couple of different boards. Um, so I knew, well, if I want to be an HR director, I need to get involved with my organization, with my peers. Um, so that was important to me. He, I didn't shadow him, meaning I didn't go to every meeting that he went to, but I wanted to see what was he working on. And then I came to find out it's very cyclical in HR, um, that you're kind of working on the same things every time at the same time of year. Um, so then I would just, I knew, okay, this was his busy time. Let me, let me catch his ear. Let me see if I can attend meetings with him. Hmm. So I did that. Um, his name was George. He was great. He was my first um, boss in Mesquite. I worked with him for about 10 years. Um, and then he retired. That made me sad. Um, but I, it was funny because the two directors that came after them, they were my peers at some point, And now they became my bosses because they came from other cities. Um, so, I, I, you know, I learned something from those two as well. Um, a lot of, you know, good information. Um, but it was interesting because also in HR, you have to see some of the bad. Um, you know, you see employee relations issues. Um, and then I, I recognized some bosses probably in my organization that I knew I didn't want to be like. But I still took something away from them. Like, okay, if if this situation came to me, I would have handled it this way. So learning, I, I wouldn't say that 
you know, I didn't want to be them or be like them, but I just learned different leadership styles. And it was important to, to take pieces of that, of what I wanted to take if ever I got to be a leader. Um, and I was in Mesquite probably 13 years. Um, and I got promoted three times in my 13 years there. Never, you know, the perfect boss. I will say that, you know, I was always learning, um, always having to change the communication style. It's like when you parent, you have to parent differently to your, all your children because they're different. I learned that when you supervise people, you have to supervise differently because everybody reacts differently. It's not the end all be all for, you know, one style. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a shout out to George. I mean, come yes. on. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. You know what? When you when you shared that, I, I thought what immediately came to mind was people are always watching. Yeah. They're always watching. Mm-hmm. And what you said, I've shared this about networking before. I hadn't, uh, I don't know if I've shared with it in the workplace, but people are always watching, not just who they want to be like and take some of that inspiration and some of those uh, traits from that leader to make it their own. They're also watching who they don't want to be like. And I love how you said it didn't necessarily, I didn't think anything differently. I just said, I, I don't, I'm going to handle that a little bit differently. I'm glad I got to see this approach. Mm-hmm. And I've faced that as well with different leaders and people say, well, you know, what you, you know, what was your experience with these different leaders? And they were all different, but I learned something that I've grown from them so that I'm glad I was, around that leader just to see that you know that, right. that that that's so great people are probably watching you letty uh, do you have like a mentorship program there at so your- we so it's funny you say that because we do um we have a couple of different membership mentorship groups here uh all the uh, supervisors here that are female we get together at least once a month for lunch to talk just about make it a safe space to talk about whatever issues we want to talk about, but really we just want to get to know each other. We wanted um, to get all the female leaders in this group because we wanted all of us to know that we have someone to lean on if we ever needed a sounding board or we ever needed to bounce an idea off or bounce off, you know, an issue we're having. It happened kind of organically, like, hey, let's you and I go to lunch. Hey, we should also invite this so-and-so. I, so I work for the city of Wiley now, like you mentioned, and half of our executive team is females, which is great. So um, our city manager, Brent Parker, he's um, he has me and Renee, also a female, as his assistants. So that's great to, to have a, you know, a three-person leadership team, two of them be female. Um, and then we have a, you know, a female HR director, a female finance director, a female library director, a female Parks and Rec director. Um, and so it started that, again, it was just a couple of women getting together. Um, and then we decided, hey, let's also invite the next level supervisors. We haven't called it a mentorship, but you see it happening very naturally, very organically. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. I love it's, that. It's, it's really great. And then the other um, mentorship program I have is, you know, when I became assistant city manager, I had to find my replacement. Um, and the replacement actually was someone that I worked with in Mesquite. And we, you know, we were Facebook friends and LinkedIn friends, and we would meet one or two times a year for lunch. But when I moved into my role, I just said, hey, I'm leaving. My job will be open. Maybe something you want to look at. Um, And she did. And she, you know, met with the interview panel and was the candidate to beat. And so when she got, became on board, I've kind of like, you know, took her, taken her under my wing, 
um, you know, letting them know the ins and outs of how we do things differently or things that we do very similar in our previous city that we both worked at together. So that's happening. Um, we don't call it a mentorship, but we do meet at least once, you know, once a week to talk about issues. But then, hey, what else? What else do you need my help with? That's a great idea. I uh, I know there's people listening right now that have probably thought about like something like that. You don't have to have a formal program. You can start by just inviting someone to lunch. And then all of a sudden, you know, you collaborate and you're like, Hey, who else can we invite? And, and next thing you know, six months later, you have, you know, a group of people with a, you know, that have these common threads that can help lift each other up and encourage each other and challenge each other. And one thing that I thought about whenever you talked about you, when you were leaving and you shared that, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be leaving. If you're interested, people are also building brand. Mm -hmm. right? Their personal brand in those settings. So a lot of times uh, people in the workplace are, they're wanting to move forward, but they haven't been able to like develop that influence or build that personal brand. And that's a great way as I hear you saying that, because now all of a sudden you're outside the workplace and you get to see how they communicate and how they feel about certain issues and different things like that. And I think building brand is certainly important. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, definitely building a brand and just keeping those communications open, like mm. with, with the person that I brought on board, you know, we, again, we would just meet one or two times a year for the last five years. And now I got her to come work here at this great organization. Not that our past organization wasn't great too, but it was just, I, she, I knew she was ready to be promoted. This was an opportunity for her. And now we get to build this relationship here with a whole new different set of people. I should also mention, uh, you mentioned, you know, mentorships, mentoring groups, you know, through our uh, volunteerism, through Dallas HR, I think that mentorship is, um, or meeting with leaders um, and building those relationships was very critical to me, especially in the last, you know, my 20 years, I wouldn't be here today without Dallas HR and the relationships I formed through that group as well. I definitely want to, I want, I want to touch on some other things in Dallas HR in a minute, but I do want to, uh, to touch on this one on the mentorship program. I I was part of that program one of the one of the first you know for first couple of years that 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 was started and I remember what was great about that not just that uh, people that are looking for mentors but the senior level executive HR leaders they they're looking for ways to give back mm -hmm. and that was just a great place for them to say hey you know what I I'm busy but I have time for this and to apply and, and just to see different executives come in and be, and be part of that. It's a great place for you to give back, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, I'm glad and, you mentioned that. Yeah. And you know, one of my hobbies too, is I love reading the New York times and the New Yorker just profiles on people. So that's sometimes when I meet a person for the first time, I feel like I'm interviewing them for a profile piece. Like, okay, like what you're doing with me now, you know, tell me how you start. Cause everybody has a story. Right. Um, and I like, Kind of digging in to, to see what their story is. I love, I mean, you just, you learn so much. I learned so much just by talking to people and just asking some very general questions. And then you find that common thread and there, you mm. know, the relationship takes off from there. I love that. Okay. One of my hobbies is picking up the New York times. I, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. And I did not know that Letty. Yeah. So there you go, man, this is so good. Hey, I do want to ask, um, I, I like to ask, my guests whenever I get on there's so many different ways of defining 
leadership. And, and I know that that's important to you. And, and of course your organization, how would, if somebody said, Hey lady, what's leadership to you? How would you respond to that? Gosh, you know, it's funny you say that because that's, it should be an easy question. Cause we talk about leadership all the time, but actually pinpointing down what it means to me, it's helping somebody else get to where they need to be. However way mm. they need to get there. You just, and that's what I think leadership is, is you're just helping others get what they need to be. And you're, you're that conduit you're the person you're that liaison you're that person that gets them there and i know even in municipalities and maybe elsewhere too you know we talk a lot about even servant leadership you mm-hmm. know where you're the concept is you know you focus on the needs of others before your own we we can talk about that all that's probably a whole separate <laughs> podcast about servant leadership because we practice that here and um because it's not enough to just preach it you have to practice it too mm-hmm. what am i doing for somebody else on my team to get them where they need to be you know, my needs are going to be met because I'm going to carve out that time to get a met and my duties are going to be done. But what about the others on my team? What do they need for me to get where they need to go? Helping people get to where they want to go. I love that. Um, but I do want to touch on this servant leadership because I know that's big. And yes, it could be its own show. It could be its own book. But mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you this question as you shared this, because um, I thought about this when you shared it. I thought if someone is doing something to show they're being a good servant leader. Is that being like, how do you recognize that? Because I think that's one of the things that's important that whenever we're able to show people, Hey, or or recognize people, Hey, you're doing it the way we want to do things. Or do you have any type of like way to recognize that? We actually are starting a campaign where we're trying to brand that here at the city of Wiley, we're all one city, one team that we are doing this for the greater Mm. good of our citizens. We're not, we don't do this alone. We have a team that backs us up and we have city management that backs up our employees and we have city council that backs up our city management, our employees. Um, So we make sure, so I I say all this is that we're actually going to start a recognition program um, to recognize those individuals or those teams that exemplify that we're all one team, that we're all doing this together. And then, you know, that'll turn into annual recognition and a banquet that we do every January. But, you know, those are ways, you know, it, it's unique in that, again, we don't, municipal government, we're tied to certain rules um, set by the state and we can't offer bonuses. We don't, but we can, we have found out that people do like, you know, their name on a social media post. Mm. They do like a letter in their file. That can go a long way for police and firemen, a letter in their file, because that can help them get that next promotion that they want for themselves. So that can go a long way. But I mean, there's just so many different ways to recognize people. Some people don't want the spotlight. They just don't even want the praise. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to make sure that you're taking the time to recognize those persons. And you know, those are just some examples that come to mind. One city, one team. One team. I, I mean, that just like feels good. It, it feels like a mission-driven organization. Right. It just feels like, hey, we're all moving this way. And it just like it just feels good to be able to have a a team with that same message moving forward together. Hey, I, I'm curious, though, you you talked about when you started, you were an analyst and you kind of work, have worked your way up to where you are today. For those that are trying to grow in their career, grow in the workplace, a lot of times it's important that they got to develop influence. Right. Mm-hmm. And for people and with kind of like that brand we talked about, how have you been able to or even even not yourself, but watched others as well? What are a couple of things that people listening, some tips you might give that might help them develop influence in their workplace? 
it's funny because my first couple of years, again, I'm getting nostalgic, but my first couple of years, I was not worried about anything outside my desk, right? I just kept mm -hmm. my head down and did my work because I wanted to make sure I understood what the work that needed to be done first. Uh, but then it was like third or fourth year that, you know, I realized, okay, I want to be an HR director someday. What do I need to do to get there? And it, a lot of it had to do with, you know, listening and asking questions and tell people that you're going to ask questions. So how I influenced, how I developed that influence or even just built those relationships is I would ask people, okay, now tell me what this means. And I'm sorry, can I ask you some follow-up questions or can I send you an email and I send you a list of questions that's not urgent? urgent, just get back to me. I mean, I would even take, ask people, can I have five minutes of your time at the end of this meeting? Cause there were some things that mm. y'all talked about. I don't even know what that means. Um, and then people realized, oh, wow, she really wants to learn. She wants to know what all this means for me. It was, I need to connect everything. I'm a very um, visual person. I have to, I, I want to, again, if I'm helping the guy at the police station, you know, by offering him benefits or getting him a job and what his job means and how he's serving our citizens. And he's talking about something, something case. I want to know what that means. It's not enough to just know what he does as a police officer and how it relates back to how I'm helping him, but how is he helping the next person, I guess. So I like to understand all those relationships from the beginning to the end. Um, a lot of it is too, is just self-research, you know, go, you can find mm. everything on the internet about anything um, and I would do some of my, if I was going to a meeting, I didn't know a lot, a lot about the topic. I would go in and do some research myself to come with some of my own questions. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with relationships and mm. just that communication, not being afraid to ask questions. Mm. And you know, that theory, there are no stupid questions. They're really not. And if you're embarrassed and you think your questions are stupid, then ask them one-on-one. -on -one. Don't ask in an audience. That I think that's what built where I am, where I am today is that I just kept building those relationships. Mm. Um, and not being afraid to to ask. That's so important. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the thing is that a lot of times we're ju we just don't ask. Here's what I wrote down. Seek to understand. Mm -hmm. And that's what you did. You said, hey, I just want to seek to understand. You didn't go in with, hey, I know everything and here's how we should do things. It's like, hey, well, how do we do things? It's almost like uh, being curious and letting people know that, hey, look, I'm just here to learn and help be a part of the team and people all of a sudden look at you differently, don't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I did that more so here. So when I became, when I came to the city of Wiley as the HR director, um, again, the first couple of months, I was not worried about anything what was in front of my desk, right? Because I needed to know the Wiley way and, you know, the people and, and who fits where. So once I figured that out, um, and then I, I started to get out of my comfort zone. I started to spend more time in fire. Um, and it was during COVID and they needed some help with, the vaccination clinic, and they need some volunteers from other departments. I took that on for six months, learning about that. I went to um, city council meetings. I wasn't required to go unless I had something that I needed to present on, but I wanted to know about all the inner workings about the city and what was coming to the city and what was the city council approving or not approving and the why behind that. I mean, I, I'm a nerd. I would go in and read the city council minutes if I didn't understand something. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I it was all about how does one relate to the other? What is that relationship factor? What is the what is the thing that connects everybody? And and I really believe, and you'd have to ask my boss, he's next door in his office, but I really believe that's why I was considered for the promotion that I have now is because I really just took myself outside of HR um, and I wanted to know, okay, yeah, I, I know what I can do to help our employees because they're my customers, right? 
but what's the bigger picture? What's the mm. next step? Once I've done that and, you know, we have a process or we have a, uh, um, you know, it just become second nature. What's the next thing I, I want to learn how to do. And that's when I started asking more questions, I showed up, I just showed mm. up places and, and do oh, there's Letty. Yeah, there's Letty. There's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to do it tactfully and respectfully. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't go in there wanting to be a know-it-all or trying to change things. I just really wanted to learn. Yeah, I love that. I just wanted to learn. I, uh, I I want I want to I want to touch on real quick. And, and by the way, these tips that you're giving are gold. I guarantee there are people writing things down, going, "Oh my gosh, I'm on my third note. I'm already on my second piece of paper, laddie." Uh, but I do want to touch on one thing. And you talked about early on, you watched your boss and saw where he volunteered, and uh, you also volunteer. You've been a you've been a you're a former HR Southwest Conference Director, which is a big 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 job. Uh, you serve on the board of trustees for Dallas HR. You have you you have served and continue to serve even as you grow in your career. You just continue to do that. For those listening, I, I would love for you to share how has it helped you in the workplace. I hate to sound like a broken record, but it goes back to you know developing those relationships. Mm. Um, you know, one thing that I loved about Dallas HR was that it wasn't focused just on municipal government. So I got to meet HR professionals that work in other fields. Um, and they would talk about, you know, some of the things that they had to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, which is very different from what I had to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But it just gave me more insight about how they would tackle certain issues or, you know, some things that they could do in private organizations that we couldn't do or, you know, vice versa. Um, and I mean, the, that relationships that we did, that have developed, that we've developed is just, it's been priceless. You know, I've been volunteering. I think this is my 15th year volunteering with Dallas HR. And I'm very proud of that fact because I got to do it. I, I always worked in an organization that supported it, first of all. Um, and you may not, you know, there may be people that work in organizations don't support it, but you have to find the time. And you taught me that, Bruce, is that if you really want to do it, you'll find the time. Mm -hmm, and I right. really wanted to do it. So I had to carve out that time. But but being part of those organizations and, and building those relationships, I mean, completely priceless. You you asked me earlier about, you know, mentoring. You know, I we mentor right now via text um, and that I'll talk to someone. I have a, a group of, of people that we text and well, I have this problem. How would you handle it? Um, you know, I don't have enough experience in this. What would you do? And you know, some of the people I'm talking about, mm -hmm. it's Chrissy, Kim, Stephanie. Yeah, we talk about the silly stuff. Like, what are we meeting for, you know, <laughs> next dinner date? But it's also, okay, I don't have enough experience in this. What do I need to do? Mm. And one of us inevitably always says, chimes in and says, oh, this is what I've done. Or this is what happened to me. Or don't forget about this. And that has just been invaluable. And I mentioned that as in part of this questioning because, I wouldn't have had those relationships had I not volunteered. I mean, mm. that's, I met each one of those people through volunteering um, and learning and growing. And again, it's all about, and, and, I, and I don't say this in a bad way, but if I'm talking to you, Bruce, I want this to be a value to you, but I especially want it to be a value to me. Right. And I, when I talk to people, I want to give them something. I want to help them. But what, what piece of nugget do I get to walk away from this conversation? And I are, you know, I do that every time I talk to you, I do that with a lot of people that I've uh, worked with or volunteered with through Dallas HR for sure. 
Man, I'm going to have to deliver you. <laughs> Every time Bruce, you're on, I'm like, what is the Bruce pressure's doing? on? I'm talking to Laddie. No, this is uh, this is fantastic. I love everything about that. And you're right. People I always talk about when people go to uh, meetings or they go to an event, they always want to come away with two things. Number one, a connection or a deeper connection. And number two, they want an idea. We all want ideas. We want to get, just give me one idea. I just want to take yeah. that back. I want to share that. I want to implement that. Just give me one. And that, and that's what you're talking about. And I, I and the reason why I ask you that question, Letty, is because I'm, I feel like I'm on this mission, you know, as serving as, you know, on the, on the Texas Sherm, you know, the board, I, I have this mission of like sharing the value of being involved in your local chapter. And it's not just education because education, you're going to grow and you're going to become more. You just are. But it's those relationships that are just you. The word you use was priceless and they are absolutely priceless. You learn so much, you grow so much, you get to see what good looks like and not good looks like you have someone in your corner and mm -hmm. uh, it's absolutely incredible. And Hey, I told you the time was going to fly by yeah, and it, it, it has just flown by. Oh my goodness. I do want to ask you a question before we pivot here. And I always like to, and you've given some great advice today, but I do want to ask you a question around advice. Like, have you ever been given some advice? It was just like, it was just so good. You just find yourself sharing that with others. And it could have been early in your career. It could have been in fan, with your family. Any advice you share often? Yeah, I, I guess the one piece of advice is that I give, and it's silly, and my husband probably hates me for it, but just say yes. When someone mm. asks you, can you do, Letty, do you know how to do this? Yeah. And then, or Letty, do you want to volunteer? Yes. Letty, will you take, yes. I mean, I say yes a lot. And yeah, sometimes I'm a little overwhelmed, but, um, you know, and it comes with, you know, the caveat of, yeah, like this conversation, Bruce, mm -hmm. we wanted to have this conversation three or four months ago. And three or four months ago, I had a lot going on personal yep. and I had to, you know, put a break on a lot of things, but I, we came back around and said, no, I really want to do this. I really need to fit this in. I really, I, I've learned a lot from your podcast, listening to others, but if there's something that I can say to somebody else and, and it really helps them, I want to do that. So um, that's one piece of advice. Say yes. Um, the other piece of advice I would, you know, that's always stuck out and I would give it to anybody is when there's a training opportunity, I guess along, say yes. If someone has says, Hey, we have a couple of extra training dollars. Do you mm. want to go to this webinar? If that webinar is something that you're not going to use in your everyday, do it anyway, because you're going to use it later, or you're going to make a contact, or you're going to hear that again, that one piece of nugget that you're going to put in your arsenal and use it as a future, um, you know, use it sometime in the future. So those are the two things. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said yes, Letty. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I love what you said about training. And I'm uh, I, because I always talk about the one thing that I've always lived by uh, when I first heard it, I've just it stuck. And it's if you want more, you need to become more in mm -hmm. in that's in your work and your relationships as a parent, whatever that is, if you want more, you have to become more right. And that becoming more takes an investment, right? You, mm -hmm. And if you and in many times people are and there's probably some listeners right now, they're like, I want that opportunity. I'm just not getting it. Well, let somebody know that. Mm -hmm. Right. Let somebody know what you want to do. Right. Have you ever had that where people oh, are like, yeah, hey, I'd sure. really like to have this. And not only that, but there again, I go back to there's so many free opportunities out there that if people mm. just looked or if they, you know, 
there's Concorsia, there's, I mean, there's just so many, there's LinkedIn, they have free trainings. Your local library has free trainings, by the way. I know that they do. It's online. All you need is a library card. You can get free training there. I mean, there's just so much development and training out there. There's tons of newsletters a person could subscribe to. There's scholarships out there, even for, you know, working adults that maybe want to go to a conference and they can't afford it or their uh, organization doesn't pay for it. There's scholarships for that. Or if you don't see a scholarship, email them, ask them, mm. Hey, I can't afford to come, but I'd like to, could, is there any way anybody can sponsor me? You'd be surprised at how many be willing to support that. Hey, I want to ask you a question because you're a very driven person. I, I just want to, what drives you? I, I guess I would have to say my family first, mm. because um, again, it goes back from being uh, a single mom for so long. I was 13 mm -hmm. year single mom and I was the breadwinner. I had to put food on the on the table and keep the lights on. And so that she drove me. Right. And then I met my husband and we have since had two kids together and they drive me because I want, they're looking at me. My kids are looking at me and I want to be, you know, the person that they remember as a, as a positive influence mm -hmm. that I was driven, that I said, yes, that I was a risk taker. Um, so that drives me, but also, um, my network drives me really, um, you know, just, you say it, and I quote you often. Bruce Wallace says, "Your network is your net worth." That's right. I say it all the time. I, I said it last week to somebody, <laughs> um, but that drives me because, again, you build those relationships. You you've earned their respect. You have their respect, and you mm. respect them. I don't want those to fail, so I have to do my part sometimes, and it's hard. Again, four months ago, I wouldn't have been here to have this conversation because I had personal matters, but I was open about that. I said, "Hey guys, mm. I'm gonna." With my network, I'm going to check out for a couple mm -hmm. months. I will loop back in as soon as I can. Yeah. And I had people check in on me like, hey, how are you doing? I'm thinking about you and praying for you. And when I came back, I'm like, okay, Letty's back. What did I miss? Or, you know, yeah. and, and I didn't actually say that. But when I stepped back in, because we had built those relationships, nobody, you know, faulted me for it. Nobody, everybody understood why I needed to be away. And it's like, we picked up right where we left off. So that was, that was good. That was important to me. I am so glad you shared this. And the reason why is because there's often times where we go in seasons of our life where we need to step back. And what you're basically saying is, hey, give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Like you need to always, yes, say yes, keep building, keep being curious, keep doing all of these things. But if when there, there, there are certain seasons in your life where you also, it's okay to just step back uh, and just give yourself grace, take care of it, but then get back in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. So that definitely both of those two things drive yeah. me. Yeah. So good. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. Uh, we're going to shift to it's time to accelerate. I'm going to ask you just a few fun questions, Letty. Yeah. Would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast or, or I guess an audible? Uh, read a book. I like hmm. physically having something in my hands. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, but oh. at nighttime when my husband's in bed and he wants all the lights off, then yeah, I have to find something to read online, but there's always stuff to read online. <laughs> I have a lot of bookmarked articles that I go back to at the end of the night. Hey, um, I, I do like to ask this question because I feel like great leaders are grateful leaders. What, what are you most grateful for? I'm grateful for my health. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm just grateful for the, the people before me made mm. it possible for me to be here today. Yeah. That's my so parents, great. my former bosses, you know, people like you, Bruce, that made it possible for me to be here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Like all the people that have paved the way mm -hmm. to yeah. this point. Yeah. Uh, and then my my hope is to continue. I appreciate that. Hey, 
What, what energizes you? Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I think half of it is just natural. I just have this high energy <laughs> anyway. That's just how it is. But what energizes me when people look at me or people turn to me and they seek me out for advice, I'm like, oh, well, then, you know, my opinion matters. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Let's talk. So that, that energizes me. And it's just funny, even just the check-ins that people, you know, Letty, how are you doing? Just saying hello. That's like, oh, wow. They took the time out to write me a text or send me an email that energizes me. That keeps me going as corny as it sounds. It does. Um, Again, going back to family, they always energize me. They yeah. wipe me out too, but they, <laughs> <laughs> but they keep me going. And I didn't say this, but um, so I have three kids, but I'm one of 11. Like, mm. so I have 10 brothers and sisters. Okay. So, I did not know that yeah. one of 11. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when we have a family event, it's loud, there's lots of food, lots of drinks. Um, but I love it. And I think mm. that's why the relationship piece that I keep uh, mentioning so much is so important to me because there's just, there's always been people around my life. I mean, there's never been a time I can think where I've been at home. And it was just me by myself. There's just always been people around me you know, my parents leading us, I'm, well, you know, them, so many lessons there that just being around people just energizes me so much. And I know yeah, I'm an extrovert. That's, that's not even a question. Um, and I like some downtime too, but yeah, I, I want to, I like the people aspect of it, the relationship aspect of it. So I'm one of seven and I'm right slap dab in the middle. Where are you at in one I'm of 11? To the last. I'm second to the last. I'm okay. the 10th. I have okay. a baby sister and she's five years younger than me, but yeah, I'm second to the last. Oh my gosh, Letty. That is fantastic. Man, what an event that is when y'all get together. I love that. Hey, this is my final question. Uh, probably my favorite question I like to ask. Letty, 10 years older, is around the corner. She's knocking at your door and you're going to answer that door. What's, what's she going to tell you? She's going to tell me to be patient. Mm. Um, she's going to tell me to go for it. Just do it don't, you know, and then she's going to tell me it's all worth it. Cause I think there's times, even today, I wonder, you know, is this worth it? Is this going to pay off at the end? And it's not even paying off money wise. It's, is this worth my time kind of thing? And it uh, everything is, it's worth your time. It's worth it. Just do it. Like I said, just say yes. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is a wise 10 years older, Letty Yanez. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your wisdom and your perspective. Hey, uh, somebody heard something today and they're like, you know what? I, I want to connect with Letty or I want to learn more from Letty. Is there a way they can connect with you? Oh, sure. I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. So please connect with me. Um, I do like to meet the person at least once in person. So if I, if we connect on LinkedIn first, the next time we see each other, please make sure you introduce yourself to me. Cause I want to make sure we've at least met one time in person. Um, but yeah, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be anymore, um, but LinkedIn is the best place. So I'm there. Um, you can also find me at wileytexas.gov. I'm on there as well. You can find me there too. I will put that uh, link in the show notes. And and I always like to say, if you're going to reach out to Life and Leadership Lane guests, just write a little note on like something Letty said and, and maybe something that was impacting. It makes it that connection so much easier right and it probably will energize letty (laughs) because i love that hey thank you again i appreciate you i appreciate uh you serving the dallas hr community uh everything that you do and and everything that you shared today but mostly i appreciate your friendship so thank you so much for being on the show i can't wait to share this no thank you bruce this has been fun awesome i'll talk to you later Bye.